I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Chris Vaccaro Show. It's uh, your favorite bit of fa- fantasy football every week, starring Chris Vaccaro. Uh, rundown by Chris Vaccaro. <laughs> Demanding texts of players we should talk about by Chris Vaccaro. Uh, what's going on? Uh, your star of the show, Chris Vaccaro! Hey, buddy. Week one is in the bag, and uh, I guess we have a uh, name for our uh, football show, finally. It's called the Chris Vaccaro Show, I guess. Now you renamed it. So I know you like the name of it. Uh, I mean, that's a solid name right there. That's great. I like How are it. You doing? I'm doing great. Um, like I said, that was an exciting week one of football. There is so much to talk about. Uh, I know I was peppering your phone with all uh, show topics, and they just kept coming and coming and coming because there were so many different players and games and everything I wanted to talk about. And we'll try and cover it all in the uh, next hour for our listeners. But uh, did you enjoy week one of football? I had a banner week, actually, man. Yeah, nice. made all the right calls. I lost like one little. Yeah, you did. I lost one one half of a double header in Oof. the Scott Fishbowl. All right. So like I, you know, and that's a team that I have Geno Smith. On. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. I knew it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was gonna let you bring it up, but you know what? Since you brought it up, let's just get it out there in the open. I want to sincerely apologize to you and your family and everyone else for insulting you on your Curtis Samuel, Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, recommendations a few weeks back when I laughed at you. You know, it's you. not you. It's, it's your, your mm. high-stakes clip. No, it's, it's, it's all of us. No, we... Yeah, you did. Okay. Well, however you want to take it. I just want to give you the floor to take your victory lap. I will never doubt you again on any... 23rd round player that you bring up in the preseason. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know, so you, I, I know that you're on now because one of your notes was talking about Greg Dortch. Greg. And like, that's not a Vaccaro. No, that, that's, that's a, that's, that's a non-no. Vaccaro to want to talk no, about. No, Greg Dortch, I, I put it out there because I knew that that would be a 10 minute topic on the show today if I didn't put it in the text. That's I your had guy. No, I didn't want, I don't. Greg Dorch is whatever, you know. Okay. It's like, you want to talk about Richie James? No. Like, let's talk about people who are relevant. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into everybody, buddy. Let's get into everybody. Yeah. So, Greg Dorch, <laughs> how much are you spending on him this week? Uh, it all depends on leagues. If I'm a little short at wide receiver, there's some uh, teams that I have, uh, you know, five good receivers and maybe I want to add a sixth guy or. Uh, you know, I think maybe let's bring this guy's name up because he's probably going to be my biggest swing and miss in draft season. And uh, you got to raise your hand when you go in on somebody hard and it looks terrible. And that's Kadarius Tony. So, uh, you know, a uh, guy like, give him some time. You know? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. And you know what? I'm sure we're all going to get a lot of questions this week and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, people writing, hey, Kadarius Tony, you, you said you're off on him now. You know, do you drop him? No, this is this is a lesson for everybody. Okay, it's week one. 
Um, you know, Kadarius Tony was going in the sixth and seventh rounds of draft. He started to slide a little bit to the eighth round come that last week with the bad taste in everyone's mouth. But I guess he got a little sour. And now we know why, because 7% of snaps, this guy is in the doghouse. Um, he played behind everybody. And yeah, I mean, if you're in a shallower league, you can drop him. But for his talent, I just have to say, okay, I drafted this guy and the teams that I have him on, I got to treat him like he's hurt, put him at the end of my bench, let him sit there and look back up in maybe mid-October or something and hope that he gets a bigger role week by week in this offense. And maybe he's a second half player of the season, you know, even if I got to punt it that far, but I'm not dropping uh, a Kadarius Tony in, in any competitive league. Uh, is this, I mean, like, should we have seen this coming? Like all, mm, all, yeah, all I guess. What, off season, all off season. It was like Kadarius Tony's going to get traded. They're going to, you know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or is, I mean, also like, I mean, in the middle of August, they were talking about him having a leg injury. I mean, maybe he was just uh, more hurt than they were letting on, and they, you know they didn't play him a lot. Yeah, I mean, listen, Nando, it's it, yeah, he was hurt, banged up like all of camp, but then he would be out there on the field, and and you know, I was like, all right, if he's gonna miss time, then yeah, I got to move him down the board. But he he didn't miss that much time. He came out, he was making plays. I was following him closely, practice reports on, on the daily because I was like, this guy, it could be a steal in the seventh and eighth rounds as my fourth or fifth wide receiver, which he is on a lot of my fantasy teams. Which is a flex for you in the high stakes. It is. He's a flex. So I got burnt by him in week one because he was in my flex spot on a lot of teams, and his two points really just didn't get it done. Um, But should we have seen it coming? Yeah or no? I mean, I don't know how to answer that one, Nando. It's like you look at the talent that was out there on the on the in the Giants wide receiver corps, and I know that Tony's the most talented guy there. He's a first round pick last year. I'm like, this guy's going to be on the field all the time. He's their wide receiver one, and to get a wide receiver one on a team in the seventh eighth round as your fourth or fifth receiver, that's what I'm looking to invest in. And you know, it, it, he took a hit one because. I didn't expect Sterling Shepard to be, you know, in on this team uh, early in the season. I thought he'd get pupped. I thought he would, you know, maybe not see him till October, November. He comes out and he's playing, you know, a lot of snaps in week one. He catches the long touchdown. So he's now in the mix. Galladay was, you know, out there. It's just, it's, it's just a bad situation right now if you're a Darius Tony owner. What did, like, if you're... I guess anyone with Saquon Barkley, which of the man who ruined our friendship. <laughs> the um, listen, it was a good, it was a good week one for our uh, the Saquon Barkley uh, fan club, which I guess I'm apparently the president of. After apparently, week I mean, one. You, you nice you headline though. Week. You want to you want to bring it up real quick to the to the listeners or no? Like I don't know why we uh, air our dirty laundry for everyone else. No, I mean, well, why, listen, we we're men of people. All right, the so here's the full story. Yeah, God. Vaquero sends in his story and demands Tell the story the right way. Tell the story the right way. Vaquero emails his story to me late, like he always does, Mm -hmm. and demands a picture uh, and demands, I think he said, (laughs) make sure Saquon in the picture. And then demands, Mm -hmm. uh, there's something else. Okay, so you already lied because I said don't So how the site works, how the site works is there are two headlines you can write. You can write one that's like a search-optimized headline, 
that people who stumble upon it or who aren't logged into the athletics see. You're going too. And, you're going too far down the rabbit hole. We only have so I don't much think time. So, no, because I just want to. Why don't we just say it this way? You put a headline out there for my story that I didn't appreciate. You complained about both. You complained about both of the headlines. How I how I hid Saquon Barkley from the world. And I woke up the next morning, saw that it was the headline of my article, and all I texted you was, come on, man, you're making me sound like an arrogant prick. I didn't think of that. Because exactly. when, guess what? When, uh, when the, the readers go, go into the athletic and read a story, they think that that's my topic, that I'm writing that. They don't think some random editor is creating that headline. That's well, a reflection you, of It's hurtful that you think I'm random. No. Just saying, they don't know who's editing the story and making the headline. They think I'm putting it out there. How I this the headline read: How I hid head Saquon Barkley from the world. Like who am so I? It was such who am I to hide? You know, you're acting like I I wasn't announcing that Saquon Barkley. I was all in on and doing yeah, it. You on did. Purpose. That's what the whole that's well, what the story was. Okay. Listen, I was in on him. I just didn't write about it in the preseason. I only. Wrote my first article. <laughs> yes. I only wrote my first article a week earlier, uh, before the season started. So, I mean, I'm not going to come out and be like, if Saquon Barkley's there at the fourth or fifth pick overall, that's my pick, and then you know have to go into all my big high stakes drafts so everybody knows. All right, well, that's Chris's guy, and that's who he's taking here. So, that's all. It was a great call. And then the other headline I wrote, like for the mm-hmm. for the search crowd, was like my top. Top 12 at each position. Right. Uh, and you had a problem with that, even though half of the article was your top 12 at each position, which I found <laughs> interesting. I don't think you complained about that. that one first. I don't think I had that much of, a, of an issue with that one, but let's put it behind us. Our friendship is much stronger than, than this. And uh, we moved on. We got over our rough patch, and now we are talking about fantasy football. So let's get back into it, buddy. Oh, yeah. Would you you'd like to get us back on track after? Uh, yes. I feel like I'm leaving something out. Don't worry about it. The, the listeners yeah, don't care that much, but you wanted to air it out. You well, want to listen. You wanted to talk about it. A, it we talked. It's about some it. insight into Chris Vaccaro's brain and how it works. And uh, you know, people wonder why your only partner is Matt Medica, and the rest of the time you fly solo. And it's kind of like <laughs> this is why you don't like you don't like the color highlighter people use. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're right. All right. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, like this is the Chris Vaccaro show. So if there's something you'd like to talk about, you can bring that up right now. But I think one of the things we should talk about, uh, Arizona, complete Let's, mess. Uh, Arizona, complete mess. Arizona, complete mess. Completely worried about that offense after what I saw. Nando, I could see an Arizona team starting off one and five here. Um, you know, we, we obviously knew coming into the season, DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be there for the six weeks of the season. That was going to hurt their offense. But then they lose Rondell Moore in practice a week earlier. That's now two major parts of the offense. Zach Ertz did not look good. He's nursing that calf issue coming in. So what happened to this offense? The offense is slowly falling apart. They get their doors blown off of uh, you know by Kansas City in week one on their home field. To me, after week one, Arizona and Dallas, you gotta abandon ship in my in my opinion. Really? Hey, you gotta, uh, yeah. And, and well, how are you gonna abandon Kyler Murray though? Like trade? Him no, you can't. Too? No, listen. There's certain yeah. things that you know. And let's throw in, uh, you know, you gotta keep throwing Kyler Murray out there. And at the end of the day, yeah, he needed those fourth quarter garbage points. 
actually saved him and gave him a decent day. Um, and he's always going to run. So, listen, Kyler's still a top 10 quarterback. But for now, I'll say this. In September, you're going to get through September just being happy with those 25-point fantasy games from Kyler. Then you got to get Rondell Moore back, hopefully, in the next couple weeks. Then pray that you get to October. Hopkins comes back into the lineup. And then Kyler and this offense explode and take off. But until then, I really think it is a going to be an ugly September, not only for Arizona, but same thing for Dallas and all the players involved in both offenses. And these are two offenses that we always, in the last three, four years, want to keep investing in, you know, in, on fantasy draft day. We're looking for pieces of the Arizona offense, the Dallas offense. Now, what do you do? Now, let's switch over to Dallas. As big as name Kyler Murray is, and he was, you know, a top player at the quarterback position, what do you do about C.D. Lamb? Same thing as Kyler. you got to keep throwing him out there, but you drafted this guy to be your elite wide receiver one. I, I think you got to take a step back now and hope he gives you, like, wide receiver two production, but you can't bench him. Uh, you're not advocating for tree. I mean, like, it seems like, and, I, like, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the Arizona situation seems fixable. Like there are people coming back. There are some injuries. Mm-hmm. I see. I don't believe. I think Kyler Murray, that when he washed his Instagram of all the uh, of all the Arizona Cardinals stuff. Can I? Ask like, you I think can, I, I think his teammates were like, "No, man, see you later. Get out of here." Oh, so like, you think there's a, a you think there is a uh, a locker room issue, and that may be the case. You you could be completely right. Those players in those locker room, we'll never know that. We don't know that. Right. You know, never. They could be in the locker room looking at. Kyler walking in with his, you know, with his uh, diamond chains and everything, because he got the bag and going like, ah, this is not a leader of, uh, of of mine. I'm not going to war with that guy and being envious of him or whatever. And that's how locker rooms fall apart and teams fall apart after that. You know? There's also a team with, you know, Cliff Kingsbury playbook mm-hmm. uh, that lost two of their biggest contributors. I mean, Christian Kirk and Chase Edmonds gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that like two guys who've been there who were there, know the system, played well in the system. Yep. Gone. And then you know, kind of relying on James Conner for things is fine. Yeah. But I mean it's it seems like he's aged ten years in the last three. Yeah. Know? I'll tell you what, I you know, I I know we're jumping into different on a gambling front. Uh that Raider, the week two Raiders um Cardinals line came out you know, um after the game, sun late Sunday night. And it was three and a half points on my site, and I jumped all over it hard. ChrisFacaro.com. The Raiders. Um, and now it's up to six, I just saw on my site. So wow. I thought that line, as soon as I saw it, I said, whoa, that is way off in my opinion. I guess I was on to something because, like I said, it's up to six. Raiders should blow the doors off the Cardinals if this is going to continue. And we see this every year. There's just some good teams that, that are coming into the season, good offenses, that just get off to terrible starts and, you know, they lag behind and it carries over. And everyone's – I just think the Cardinals are going to be that team where they struggle all through September and they're looking up and it's 0-3, 1-4, something like that. And maybe they have a better second half of the season and try and make the playoffs. But you're right. A lot of moving pieces in that offense. If you're a Marquise Hollywood Brown uh, owner like I am, a heavy one, uh, his day was saved by a late touchdown. Zach Ertz's day was uh, saved by a late touchdown. And those were the big pieces in this offense. Connor, same thing early on. But 
we'll see what happens in this offense, but I, I have, um, you know, I, I'd be, the arrow's pointing down, I'd say. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And Dallas, uh, Mm -hmm. well, I guess, you know, there's no, like, who would you rather have, blank or blank? Because, like, James Conner or Ezekiel Elliott doesn't seem exciting. It's just kind of like there, there are very few parallels. Like, Dak is out. Mm-hmm. For how I know he's not going on IR, which is actually maybe that's the question. If you have Dak, um, and he's not going on IR, like the easy thing is like Eli Mitchell slide him into your IR spot. Dak's not going on that, so you can't do that in most leagues. Um, what do you do at this point? Do you put him on the bench and you know, Dak? start Geno Smith every week? Yeah. What do you do with Dak? Uh, yeah, you got to hold Dak. He listen. Uh, do you originally do? I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, because he's going to be out anywhere from four to eight weeks. Um, you know, if you're in a competitive league, you're not dropping Dak. You got to wait, and you're going to get the last eight to ten games of the season out of Dak. How good is he going to be? I mean, like it's, it's uh, that small offense is a little out of sync. You, we, know? you know, time will tell. But you know, now the now the most updated report is after surgery. Surgery went as well as it could happen. And they're not even putting Dak on IR in real life. Um, they're they're holding out hope that he could be back in four weeks. So you'll look foolish if you drop Dak and he's back in four weeks, you know. So you hold Dak, um, you, you just put him on your bench, you go to your backup or you go to the waiver wire after week one and, and you play the streaming game maybe. Maybe your backup uh, you're not in love with, but you go to the wire, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, your boy Geno Smith, maybe. Um, you know, there's some decent options after week one on the waiver wire. Marcus Mariota? Yes. Mariota is the other one I was thinking of in my head. And listen, Mariota is going to give you that running upside. You know, he showed it in week one. Okay. He's got some nice pieces. The kid Drake London looked good right off the bat. Kyle Pitts, that was not a, a promising performance. <laughs> Two for 19, but better days are ahead for him. But Mariota is going to give you that that floor every week. So yeah, he's a he's a streaming option. You got to look at him as like a Justin Fields, Trey Lance type. That Pitts, um, the Pitts matchup was red rated by Casey Joyner on his website. Mm-hmm. He noted it in his uh, story on the Athletic. I know you don't read Casey, but he's got really good stuff in there. I, I read as many people <clears throat> as possible, Nando. <laughs> I know you actively avoid Casey because you got some problem with him. I don't know what it is. See, this is the stuff I'm talking about. Like, I I don't even <laughs> they know. know. I'm joking. People I, no, know I'm they joking. don't. I don't. I like. I mean, I don't. Why would I come on here and say you don't like one of our writers? I understand like that, but maybe name? maybe somebody actually out there believes that. And I've never met Casey or spoke to him in my life, and I'm sure he's a great guy. And now you, 
I, I know you don't like Casey Joyner. Like, it's, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. This That's going to be the title of this episode is why doesn't Chris like Casey Joyner? <laughs> okay. His, uh, Listen, I, Kyle Pitts, uh, terrible yeah, week one Kyle game. Kyle Pitts is red rated and he's not red rated again. He's like, it's, I think it's all green until week five. Listen, there's, so like, oh, good. Well, then better days are ahead. And uh, yeah. let's hope that Casey is right again. And, uh, you know, Pitts' season starts. In week two, he's going to see a lot of attention. And that's one of the things you had to worry about with Pitts is every defense is going to come in every week and focus in on him. Now, if Drake London hits the ground running and after week one, he looked really good, could start taking some attention away from Pitts. Now that's can open up the middle of the field and, and direct, uh, you know, the di- diversion away from him. And, and Pitts can, you know, have uh, some pretty good games ahead the way we draft him as a third-round pick. So I'm not worried about Pitts, but I am worried as a whole for the tight end position. Now that we're talking about Pitts, let's get into another topic here. After week one, holy crap, the tight end position is garbage already. Um, That's what hurt me week one the most is the tight end position. The way I built a lot of my teams, Nando, straight through the summer was waiting on tight ends putting a collection of guys, the Cole Komets, Irv Smiths, David Njoku's, and on and on, guys like that, they all gave zeros and ones. The tight end position was trash. Um, Luckily, in the last week to 10 days of my high-stakes leagues, I pivoted to grabbing a mid-round tight end, the Hawkinsons, Goddards, Darren Wallers of the world. Those are the teams that did well in week one. But I look across a lot of my early teams, and it was zero after zero after zero out of the tight end position because these guys just sank lineups in week one. I think I feel like you also made fun of me for bringing up Hayden Hurst on one of these shows. Oh, there it is. There you go. Yeah, yeah buddy. You know what? Look, no, it's, you know this is me like bragging about it. There it is. He had a lot of targets. I think he had eight targets, seven yeah. or eight targets in that offense, and looked mm-hmm. good. And they've, I mean, Jay Morrison, who's our Bengals writer. Brought him up. Like, every time we did a beat writer roundup, you know, we asked different questions every time. Mm-hmm. He somehow managed to come back to Hayden Hurst every time. Be like, Hayden Hurst is doing really well in camp. Right. You know, he had, like, an early groin injury or maybe a hernia or something like that. And, like, who's the sleeper? Hayden Hurst. Like, you know, who's someone who's like, Hayden Hurst. Like, what, yeah. what's someone, you know, like, what's your favorite food in Cincinnati? Something, something, <laughs> something. But, you know, I really need to think about Hayden Hurst. <laughs> and you hear it enough, and yeah. it's like, you know, maybe we're sleeping on Hayden Hurst a little bit. This is a passing offense. That tried to use the tight end with Zoma last year and it just mm-hmm. didn't get involved. And Hurst well, is like more dynamic than all of them. Zoma had a lot of good games last year, actually, in this offense. Um, there you go. You know, and Hurst is better. Yeah, listen, I always was a Hayden Hurst guy. I liked him, and you know, he faded a little bit in the last couple of years, and and even in Atlanta last year, it was like, you know, maybe it was, it was just a weird season for him going there. But I'll say this. A, you were right to bring his name up, and it was a great call by you. Uh, you know, I'm not, that's not guy. why I'm doing this. No, that's not why I'm doing. But this. I'm going to tell you two two sides of it. I'm not. I'm not. You're just making me look arrogant you now right. to the listeners. Well, you are obviously, and anybody yeah. that knows you knows how arrogant, and cocky you are. You just come off as like this nice guy on air, but you're not. And you, I'm s- a terror behind the scenes. You are. Um, so listen, Hayden Hurst. He was under. He nobody drafted him in twenty round drafts. Nobody. He's still, you know, he's available on the waiver wire. But 
watching he's that Cincinnati waiver, he's not even getting waiver wire buzz right now. now like, he, read, well, now he will be after Week One, along with a lot of other, uh, you know, players at the tight end position. Tight end position very interesting after Week One, going into it, and and um, you know, going into the waiver wire this week because a couple names popped, not out of nowhere, but. Things I guess we didn't expect as a as a fantasy community. So the tight end position, you're going to be able to get some talents off the waiver wire. Players that played a lot of snaps, 50% or higher. We'll get into that in a second. But just want to give you the flip side of the Hayden Hurst thing. Yeah, he put up the numbers. Yeah, he got targeted a lot. Let's not forget T. Higgins went out early with a concussion. Okay, that takes out the second or the 1B target with Jamar Chase. Okay, so now Hurst came into the picture even more. The Bengals, the game flow went completely unscripted where we thought, where the Bengals were behind all day long, throwing from behind. The game went into overtime. They played an extra 10 minutes, back and forth, extra possessions. And that's what raised Hurst's um, targets and catches and everything. Now, if this game played out the way it normally would, Hurst is a distant fourth option in the pass game, okay? You have to assume if all things are normal here, Chase and Higgins are getting peppered on, on you know most dropbacks with a little Tyler Boyd mixed in. What is that going to do for Hurst? So before we go run into the waiver wire, I, I would just he- I would be a little hesitant. I I mean yeah, it's a nice piece if we know that T Higgins isn't going to make it week two with this concussion and he's going to sit out. Then yeah, it's a nice it's a really nice week two streamer at the tight end position. But I would just temper my expectations a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Now, other guys to pick up today, tonight, depending on when you hear this, um, you know, Robert Tanya came back. We didn't, we didn't fully expect him maybe to be healthy early in the season. Um, people are going to go after O.J. Howard because of the two touchdowns. Just know that it was on, I think, 6% of snaps. Like, he didn't play much. He just happened when he got in the game, he scored a touchdown. So that's another one. Don't be fooled with fool's gold. Kylan Granson from the Colts played 55% of the snaps and got target seven targets. He could be a he could be a decent option. Um, and then Logan Thomas, same thing. In Washington, um, we didn't expect him early in the season to possibly be healthy. And he showed up and played a ton of snaps. So all guys that are back in the mix at the tight end position or all of a sudden in the mix at the tight end position. But it was ugly. If you're an Irv Smith or Cole Komet owner and David Njoku owner, like I am heavy on these three guys, ew, after week one. It's But I mean, like, going forward, I guess. Mm-hmm. Are we okay? Well, going forward, uh, let's talk about those or three. Or do we not know? Going forward, Cole Komet, I'm fine with. I'm throwing that game up in the weather. He doesn't leave the field. He's going to be the second main guy in that passing game. No issues with Cole Komet. I'm just throwing it out the window because Fields didn't throw a lot and, you know, whatever. Uh, So he's going to be fine. Same thing with Njoku. I think he'll be fine. He played like 80% of the snaps. Just wasn't there target-wise and everything. I don't worry about him either. Irv Smith... Totally different story. He's unplayable right now. Played 30% of the snaps. The coach came out today and said, uh, no, he wasn't really part of the plan. You hear that? It's drop city. It's drop to the end of the bench. If you're relying on him as your tight end one, 
go find another plan and go to the waiver wire ASAP. How are you going to do this the rest of the season now? Like, like, did you did you kind of have like the same? I, I remember you had like I think you said you had a lot of Mark Andrews. Um, no, I said I had no Mark Andrews. Thanks for listening. You said you had a lot of. No, you know what it is? I think I'm confusing. Well. I'm confusing you and Corey. I'm confusing my uh, my day job with your night job. job. Yeah. yeah, my night job. <laughs> um, but like, oh crap! I'm not gonna remember who it is. Basically, the question is. Where you're forced to stream, are you going to try and just be like, all right, well, screw it, I'm streaming? Or are you going to try and take some shots on like a high upside guy who might catch on and just give you some kind of stability? Um, well, how do I answer that one? I mean, I'm talking on, as someone that plays in, in mostly 90% of my leagues are high stakes. So I got to go to the waiver wire on a lot of these teams, try and pick off guys that I just mentioned and just now, you know, five or six of those names. I'm putting bids on all of them, right? And I'm trying to hope that this continues. So luckily, like I said, half my teams look like a combination of those guys, but the other half I feel good about with the Waller, Hawkinsons, Goddards. I was very lucky to, to, to go back in on Waller late in the season and got him on like four really big teams. I think he's going to be a monster this year, and he can make a run at a top three tight end position. Um, Let's talk about it. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you want to go with Pittsburgh? Do you think Najee Harris is going to play this week? <laughs> well, you know what it is like. It's really it's more like Trubisky. So okay, here's really really what it is. I was trying to disprove your Hayden Hurst theory by looking at the play by play of this game, and I couldn't get that far because I wanted to tune back into the show. Mm. Um, and then you know I, just, I saw a lot of Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky, Trubisky, Trubisky. Yeah, I mean he didn't play a bad game, man. Right? Uh, okay. Well, what do you want me to go with this? Well, I mean, like, all right, so do do you agree or disagree that Trubisky didn't play a bad game and maybe he's, you know... No, I thought he played okay. I didn't think he played really good. I didn't think he played really bad. Um, but, you know, that offensive line is, is bad. He's going to get beat up a lot. And, uh, you know, I would have liked to have seen more out of Pickens. You know, he was it was a disappointing debut. One of these receivers is going to have to step up for Trubisky to be a streamable quarterback which i think I if, you're, if you're if you're relying on you know um trubisky to be your quarterback then i don't know what you did at the quarterback position that you you did that maybe you're the dac owner i, I guess if that's yeah, what maybe. you're asking but are you uh, looking at a chase claypool like he's an ex debo samuel type he ran six times 36 yards mm-mm. is this gonna be one of those things where it's like all right here we you know all this all this league does is copy itself uh, no, no, I'd have to see it a couple more times. That's very uncommon of them. But, um, no, I mean, you were just talking about Najee Harris. I thought Najee Harris was going to miss a while. I thought he'd be out like a month, especially yeah, that, too. you know, he was a completely full fade of mine. I don't own any shares of Harris. I own a ton of Jalen Warren because of the full fade of Harris hoping. Not, I don't want to say hoping, but, you know, Maybe you were, man. Admit well, it. listen, you, you know what? I am going to guess what? I am going to admit it because a lot of players, oh, I never wish. Guess what? If I don't go in on a player and I have a ton of shares of the backup of running back and the starter goes down, uh, guess what? Yeah, that that's big for me. You know, so, <laughs> you know, in situations like that, I don't want to say, oh, I'm happy. You never wish anybody injury or whatever. But when I saw Harris went down, I said, oh, man, well, now I might have gained a running back the same way. I have zero shares of Eli Mitchell, and I drafted a lot of Jeff Wilson, 
And now I have a starting running back going forward where I think I could flex a Jeff Wilson on a lot of my high stakes teams. So, you know, there's certain guys you're not in on and you're looking to see them, you know, miss time or whatever, because then it improves your chances because you could go to the bench and take your RB6 that you took shots on and, and put them in, all while not hurting any of your teams like a Harris or Eli Mitchell doesn't do. So, yeah, it's two-folded like that. So My, uh, mm-hmm. my, uh, my brother-in-law's wife, which I guess makes I guess my sister-in-law. I don't know how that works. Is that how that works? Brother-in-law's wife? My wife's oh. brother's wife. Oh, I have no clue. Does that make her my sister-in-law? No. All right. Let's uh, move on then. <laughs> no. She, uh, she, she's in a league, and we won it last Well, she won it last year. Um, and, like, the guy who runs it is, uh, uh, you know, not a good guy. I mean, he's a good guy. It's teachers. You know what I mean? They're the teachers at a high school in Staten Island. But he's a... Uh, Wow, you know, calling them out. Now everybody yeah, wants to know. Well, I'm not, you know the oh, teacher yeah, that, in Staten Island, that's a bad guy. That one high school. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he kind of he twists he twist the rules to his liking. Like he's like in a league of people who kind of know fantasy, and you can tell he knows fantasy. Like he switched to a fab league, fab league this year. Ah, uh, he's um, trying to he's trying to scam yeah. his way into a league title. Because she beat him last year. Is this a money uh, league? Is this a money league? Yeah, 50 bucks. Oh, well, he's looking to get some cash. Wow. So anyway, um, I don't know where I was going with this. Yeah, I don't know where you were going no, with kidding. this. She had, but... a, she, she, had a, she had Elijah Mitchell, and she's like, what should I do with this bidding? I'm like, well, you know, put like 32 on Jeff Wilson, um, 18 on Rex Burkhead, and then I forget the other two are just whatever, whatever. But the more I think about like I went back and looked at the 49ers, and like, Every time you think they're going to do something, they do yeah. something out of completely out of left. Like sure. th- the obvious choice here is Jeff Wilson Jr. Right? Mm-hmm. It, you know it's going to be uh, Tyrion Davis Price, right. who's going to you know who's inactive and is going to be the starter and thirty rushes for one hundred and thirty six mm-hmm. yards and three touchdowns. It was like when Mostert came out of nowhere. It was like that year that Tevin Coleman was supposed to start, and mm-hmm. I, I think that was also the year Mostert came out of nowhere. But like all they do is just try and like outsmart fantasy players. It seems like yeah, and not not give us the obvious choice. So like. I told her, like, you got to go for Jeff Wilson. You have to go for Jeff Wilson. That's what logic says. But, you know, don't be surprised if, like, Salfino loves Jordan Mason. Yeah. Don't be surprised if Jordan Mason no, no, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. But, you know, what we saw, Harry and Davis Price was inactive. Jeff Wilson was the clear number two. Okay. So, and they love him there. Shanahan and the coaching staff loves Wilson. Okay. He played hurt most of the time. Um, if you if you read into you know what went on behind the scenes there, he fought through an injury last year, and he's fully healthy now. So can anything happen? Yes, but I am expecting when the game starts, Jeff Wilson will be the starter and get the majority of the carries. Okay, Tyrone Tarion uh, Davis Price, he'll probably will be active, and then from all beat reporter reports. These two will be fighting for the backup duties after that. So duty, duty. He said duty. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. You know, but Jeff Wilson is going to be the highest priority off the waiver wire in any league that um, he is available in. Let me ask you this: If you're uh, if you the Dak guy, mm-hmm. and someone drops Trey Lance, oof, um, oof. I think because I think that'll happen. Think a lot. so? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I like. I guess you could be like, well, it was the rain. But like the again, man, like it's like the the buzz on him is so bad. Oh, I I listen. I 
yeah, I know what you're saying. And I think I, you know, the, the, I've seen videos since, um, you know, since Sunday's game of people breaking down his tape and just saying like, you know, like this was so obvious. He didn't see like a blitz coming from this side. Any, you know, experienced quarterback would. He didn't see this safety coming. Like just different things that show the inexperience of the kid. And that's going to be growing pains. And he's going to have games where he throws three or four interceptions, I'm sure. But I think he ran 22% of the time, something like that. And that's what you're looking for. This guy can take off and run for 75 to 100 yards every single week, especially in those leagues where I know there's a ton of them out there that it's four-point passing uh, touchdowns for a quarterback. If you run for 80 yards, okay, as a quarterback, that's like throwing for two touchdown passes, okay? Then anything you throw for yardage-wise and passing-wise, touchdown-wise, is even gravy, and that's how it is. You do not need to be a good NFL quarterback to be a good fantasy quarterback, okay? And I hate to – people are going to flip out when I say it, but I'm going to go to my grave saying Jalen Hurts is the perfect example. Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. He's not. He's a great athlete, and he's a, a great fantasy quarterback. He took off and run. I believe Hurts and Trey Lance were the top two quarterbacks that had the most designed runs called for them this past Sunday. Okay, it was like over 20%. That's what I was trying to say with 22% for Lance. Twenty. Oh, they were both over 20%. Okay, so right there alone, these guys, I mean, I was watching that Eagles-Lions game a ton on Sunday. And every bar? Yeah. And, and it's, on the TV, on all the TVs? Yes, I have all the games on. Um, little new switch at Grand Street Tavern this year. I, I, uh, con- I convinced uh, my partner, Joe, that on the main big TV that we would run the Red Zone channel with the volume on. So all day long, the games are switching and everything else. And then on the other six TVs, we have an individual game with no volume. But it just, uh, you know, it avoids, it eliminates commercials and stuff like that. So... That's great. Yeah, that was just sidebar, but you know, I think it, I think it added a new wrinkle, uh, a new good wrinkle this uh, past week. But anyway, listen, we had a huge Eagles crowd like we always do, so that game was on. Uh, Joe wrote to me and said he liked the original headline, by the way. Yeah, okay. And so Facebook Jalen Hurts ran a ton. Every time I looked up, Hurts was running, and that's what you're gonna get, even in those weeks where he throws for 150. And, uh, you know, a couple interceptions. He's going to run for 70 yards, maybe a touchdown, give you that six-point running touchdown. So, um, you know, that's what it is. And speaking of this Eagles offense, man, Devontae Smith, oh, he burned me too week one. I have him in a couple spots. Uh, You know, A.J. Brown, absolute stud performance in his debut as an Eagle. And uh, he showed that. He was well worthy of that second round price tag that people had for him, along with all the other second round wide receivers this week. Um, how about the no, first round? The first round. How about the first round wide yeah, receivers? Yeah, huh? You know, listen, let's talk about the wide receiver position, Nando. Oh, but are fir- we helping anybody by talking about how great the great wide receivers are? No, we're not helping anybody. But this is just a quick recap of just how unbelievable. This is why you pay up for the elite five wide receivers off the board. This uh, this year, 
they all hit the ground running and put up monster numbers. Cup, Jefferson, Diggs, Adams, and um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, who am I blanking on here? I'm, I'm sorry. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was the, the, the fifth one. That's the Elite Five. They all blew up. They all put up huge numbers, and that's why you draft them at the Elite Five. Now, the second round wide receivers all had monster games too. So you were if you started off your draft receiver-receiver, okay, and let's put C.D. Lamb to the side because he's the one that busted, okay? He wasn't in the Elite Five, and he wasn't like that second, you know, mid-second round range. He was all by himself at the turn. And, and we already discussed Lamb, and you got to have your concerns about him. But Michael Pittman, A.J. Brown, um, you know, Debo had an okay game. Uh, Tyreek Hill had a nice game. These were all the second-round wide receivers. you got to feel Hill good. Tyreek Hill had a great game, I thought. Yeah, I mean. Uh, well, you know, I guess eight, watching, eight watching 94, Tyreek I mean, he looked great. That, that, you know, that's all you can expect. You know, did he put up a 35 fantasy points? No. But he had a but he had a good game, okay. And okay, he's gonna be fine. Something. Sorry, sorry. This is so I've stopped watching Red Zone, and I've talked about this I think here before. Mm. And I watch NFL Network. Um, oh please, let's not talk about this again. No, but this I, I want to know. This is like, so bad. You, people, did you people actually Tyler were all in my comments last year saying Nando's the only one that watches NFL Network during NFL Sunday, like. It boggles my mind. Like, at least what tell me you're... Red but, Zone's just touchdowns. No, it isn't. At least tell me... See, you, the fact that you just said that's scary, well, by I mean, the way. I know it's more than touchdowns. Okay? It's big plays, but number one, red zone, like, it's whatever. I don't, like, you're the only one that I think watches NFL Network. What's going on in NFL Network? It's like a... It's just like a running recap. It's like ESPN News used to be. It was just like running recaps of every game. They go back, like, all right, let's see how we got to here. You know, blah, blah. And then there's commercials, just, correct? Yeah, once in a while they're commercials, but I mean... Oh, God. I mean, if you told me you were sitting home watching the Giant game or the Jet game, I mean, maybe I could give you a pass on that, but I mean... Have you tried it? Have you watched it? Why would I do that? Why? Have you put it on any of your TVs? No. Why would I do that? You have a billion TVs. Why not put it on one of them? Because I'm putting on actual games and the Red Zone network, so you could see everything This is just a better Red Zone. No, it is. You just told me there's commercials. Yeah, well, I mean, you just told me there's commercials. commercials. Everything has commercials. And, uh, guess what? Guess what doesn't have commercials? The Red Zone channel. Right, yeah, except they pimp out Verizon every second they get, right? Oh, my God. You're so frustrated. Am I frustrating or am I opening your eyes to new things? You're not. No one's going to. No one's going to. This is like watch the NFL show. Network. Do you, watch, do you like work for the NFL Network on the weekends or something? You're Nicole Kidman. I'm Tom Cruise. And NFL Network <laughs> is the weird people with masks. I don't even know what that means. All right, well, Medina I don't even know. know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but all right, let's get back on track. Anyway, the point right, of yeah, that right, was please. the elite receivers. And Michael Although the Pittman, point was, did you see the Tyreek Hill catch? Like, you know, like the, the Tyreek Hill catch. Because uh, that was like a midfield catch. It wasn't like a red zone catch. Nando, no, I missed it. How about right, that? I'll feed into what you. I'll feed into what you're saying. No, thank you. Okay. That's anyway, I'm not, I'm not tricking you into saying. I was wondering if you saw it. Okay. So yeah. as great as the first and second round wide receivers all performed, the third round receivers and fourth round receivers all had bad opening weekends. Uh, opening first week. Okay, straight across the board. Um, other than Gabe Davis, who was a late third round pick, uh, had a nice opening Thursday night, but. 
just a weird thing that stood out to me um, after the, the first NFL Sunday. DJ Moore had a bad opening week. Mike Williams, oh my God, what happened Man. with Mike Williams? Man. Even when even Keenan Allen going down in the first half, Mike Williams was like, you know, just irrelevant. So now with Keenan Allen out this Thursday, most likely, um, you know, you, you got to expect my, Mike Williams to get more involved in this offense. But if he isn't, that's ugly. Aren't you sick of? Are you sick of the Chargers? Like just this fantasy. Sick of the Chargers. In fantasy, it, it just seems like everyone on that team has been on that team forever, it seems like. And they all have a floor and a ceiling. And it, I guess, well, actually, maybe not. because I think you had to be disappointed. I think you were disappointed in Austin Eckler's opening weekend if you uh, that was your first round pick. I mean, think about it. Think about the first round of the drafts. Like, all five elite wide receivers were, were big hits. Barkley was a big hit. Um, Jonathan Taylor, monster game. McCaffrey, everybody seems to be like, you know, he was he was disappointing, uh, but he did score. So not a complete failure. Better days ahead. I'm not worried about McCaffrey. But, um, you know, Eckler had a down game. Harris scored, but, you know, he actually wasn't even a first-rounder anymore. Dalvin Cook, um, you know, it's just there was some, some guys that you were down on, uh, you know, this first week. Anybody who are you down on after week one? Anybody you're hitting the panic button on in week after week one, Nanda? Are you asking me, oh, me or the audience? I'm asking you. Well, I mean, I don't think the audience <laughs> can really chime in right now, but no. I, yeah. Let us know on Twitter. Uh, no, there's no one I really like. I don't. I kind of look at it as uh, you never want to hit the panic button yeah. after week one because guess what? Any of these wide receivers, uh, you know, and to follow up with DJ Moore and Mike Williams. Um, you know, who else gave uh, Allen Robinson, obviously completely crapped the bed in, in week one. And, uh, you guaranteed a hundred yards from Allen Robinson. I, I, sure I didn't, didn't I'm pretty sure I didn't, but if you want to say that, sure. Um, it was in your column. Okay. T Higgins went out hurt. Uh, so he didn't give a good game, but, uh, moral of the story is here. I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, what were we talking about, Nando? I lost uh, my train of thought. Uh, I, I wasn't paying attention. I was, I'm reading my emails. I'm going through my <laughs> reading, spam emails. Reading my emails. Wow. No, you were still, no I'm joking. You, you were still, <laughs> you what were, focus? You were going on Alan Robinson. You were still kind of going off on who the bus were and who we wanted to, uh, or who I was down on. And then you said, don't panic. Um, yeah, okay. You, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, the reason why I was saying that, the reason why I'm saying that with the bus and everything, all these, you know, if DJ Moore had a, was having a huge season, and then, like, week nine came along, and he went three for 30. It'd be like, ah, DJ Moore just had a down week, you know. And then you move on to week 10, you know. But because it's week one, as a fantasy industry, we all overreact like crazy because it's the first time we've seen any of our guys in action. And it's like, oh, my God, is this a sign of things to come? Is DJ Moore going to be a bust every week? You know, is, is Robbie Anderson Baker Mayfield's guy and – DJ Moore is going to be like wide receiver two on this team. And he's just going to be a terrible pick on my fantasy team in round three. Like all the things start going through your head and then you start reading the tea leaves and everybody starts panicking. So after week one is always the biggest panic, but you just got to take it for what it is. It's one week. Okay. Now if Allen Robinson comes out next week uh, in week two here, gets ignored, gets three targets and goes two for 12. Well, now we might have a problem. 
But who was it? Mm. Like usually the coaches lie, but like middle of the season last year, and you you might be like the perfect person to remember this. There was a guy who was being a squeaky wheel. I don't think it was Allen Robinson. It was someone like Allen Robinson who had like a disappointing season, mm-hmm. and the coach or the quarterback was like, "You know what? You're right. We got to feed him." And the next game, he had like 17 targets, and they just like they like opened him up, and he became like, "Who was that?" This is gonna be we're not there's zero oh, percent chance then. No, because I know exactly the story, and I remember that um, from. So last this happens. Year. I'm like, if Allen Robinson chirps a little bit, like maybe they will. Yeah target the crap out of him this next game and just be like, all right, go get him. You know? Yeah. Like- yeah. Listen, um, but Allen Robinson didn't chirp. He didn't say anything, but the good, but the good thing was that McVay came out after the game. And one of the first things he said was that was a bad job by him. And he's got to do a better job of getting Allen Robinson, the ball and more involved in the, you know, in, in the offense. So when you hear the coach come out and say that, that's what I look for. You know, uh, if the coach is saying it, Oh, yeah, but he was the same guy who was like, who was like, we got to get Daryl Henderson more involved next week, or like maybe it was like Sony Michelle is going to run a lot more next week, and he, you know, he ran like eight times after everyone got all hyped up. Oh, this is going to be Sony Michelle's week, and then uh, you know it wasn't. Listen, there's just not many weapons in this Rams offense. I think they need. I need think they need Robinson to be heavily targeted on a weekly basis. You know, they don't have a decent third wide receiver. To, to be involved in. Just think it was a weird game. Um, and that's it. The, the Bills secondary played them perfectly. So I expect Allen Robinson to be fine. I expect DJ Moore to be fine. And T. Higgins will bounce back, hopefully starting this week from his concussion. So a lot of big names I'm not worried about. It was just odd that most of the third and fourth round wide receivers all crapped the bed the first uh, week of the season. Conversely, like guys who break out, uh-huh. this might be for, like, all right. So this wasn't a breakout. This was maybe like a continue, like Cordero Patterson, yeah. Uh, kind of like just like, I mean, the man. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we, I think we said it on the show. One of us might have said it on the show. Like, there's no reason not to like him. Like, why is he going 87th or whatever he was by the time, you know, the last couple of weeks rolled around. Yeah, it when just, same system, you know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. and then he just he came out and ran over everybody. No, well, I mean not really, Nando. And maybe you're watching the NFL Network, but uh, Damian. Maybe I was. <laughs> Damian Williams got hurt. Damian Williams got hurt, and that's Algier why was led. Inactive. Yeah, yeah, but I mean Williams was getting the touches earlier in the game, and then when he got hurt, Patterson, you know, took over and shined again. So. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, he was going a hundredth overall. And after week one, he put up a nice game. I don't know where the offense goes from here, but Patterson, I think is always going to be flex worthy. Um, it's just, he lucked into a really nice game in week one. Yeah. It was 120 yards and a touchdown is usually luck. No, I, I, I don't want to say luck. I, I maybe luck is the wrong word. I'm just saying that would he put those numbers up without, you know, Damian Williams getting hurt early in the game. I don't know. Like, Cordell don't Patterson know. had the first. He had the first rush of the game. Okay. All right. I mean, I mean, that's. I really don't know what to tell you on Cordell Patterson, to be honest, Nando. I really? mean, I don't. I really don't. Oh, I don't know. Okay, now I'm not in on. I I did not go back in on Cordell Patterson this year, and I don't know if this is going to be a weekly staple 
in your fantasy lineup still. I judge. I, time will tell on Patterson. So basically what this means for people who aren't familiar with Vaccaro is that he loves him no. and he doesn't want to give anything away to people who in the high stakes. I will. Like why? I mean, I, he's rostered. There's nothing I could do about it. So it doesn't yeah, matter right. to me. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, though, speaking of the running backs in that range, let's talk about running backs in that range. I thought that was the biggest, uh, one of the biggest storylines in fantasy of week one was it was a zero RB dream um, in week one the running backs that shined. You had Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was getting picked in the 8th through 10th rounds of drafts. Um, Miles Sanders, with all the terrible talk on Miles Sanders all summer long, I was so happy to see Sanders play the role he played. Now it's frustrating because they mix in Gainwell. Boston Scott, same thing. Boston Scott didn't play a ton, but all three of them got in the end zone in that crazy game. It's going to be maybe be a little frustrated, but the good news is if you're a big Miles Sanders owner like I am, uh, he's startable every week going forward here. He's the main guy in the offense, and behind that offensive line, Sanders, I think, is going to pay off greatly, great value uh, for where he was coming off the board. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Miles Sanders, you can even throw Josh Jacobs out there. He's playing a ton. Um, and Michael Carter. That was another one. Like, that was not uh, a bunch of BS by the coaching staff. Michael Carter played a ton and uh, put up good numbers, you know, rushing and receiving. He touches the ball a ton. Uh, so, you know, you got a lot of really good running backs in that 8th through 10th round this, uh, you know, in draft season, these last two, three weeks where they were falling. And that's, you know, when you build a zero RB team, you have a collection of these guys and uh, you could look up and have a heavy wide receiver team with a, an elite tight end and a really good quarterback and your running backs are Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Miles Sanders. You know, that's that's definitely good enough to get the job done. That is kind of neat. Like, I mean, again, it's week one, but like... Rashad Penny too. I mean, that's the other guy that I forgot. Go ahead. Rashad Penny looked unbelievable last night. Nando. Right? Really like, good. I, Hey, it's... That, that's what I'm saying. Like this stuff, and I don't know, maybe I just see the game differently than people like when I'm drafting, but mm-hmm. I like guys who are going to get volume, who are going to get starters and come into a situation that was similar to the year before yeah. where they had success. Uh-huh. Like Rashad Penny, had, I mean, the dude's been hurt a lot of his career. He's played, I think, 37 games. He's played, played. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw like a, I, I sorted by carries. And every time he gets 12 carries before, before last night, um, he was getting either 100 yards and a touchdown or 100 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, like he was, you know, so now I got to change that stat to 13 because he had 12 carries last mm-hmm. night and only got 60 yards. But the point is. But look really he good has, getting it. I mean, he has good games. They should have ran him more. Uh-huh. He costs nothing. Like, Chris Carson isn't there anymore. Yeah. Right? Like, what, like, Tra- yeah. are you afraid of Travis Homer? Like, is that, what, what were we thinking? No. Well, what was, what was right. everyone else thinking? Well, you're right because I know my strategy, my, my main strategy was to go into that 8th, ninth, 10th rounds not needing a receiver in that range because I liked all these names at the running back position. And most of the time, I had two running backs, and I wanted any of these guys we just talked about. Uh, and I want to also throw in the name Daryl Henderson because he was going between picks 95 and 120, and now it looks like he's the lead guy in the Rams' backfield. So that's another one. This is this is six or seven good running back names that I just threw out to, to our listeners here that – 
you could have got these guys picks 85 to 120. Six, seven good running backs that are the lead guys on their team. And if you came into these rounds and, and picked off your RB2 or end RB3, possibly, I mean, that's the way I was trying to set up my teams. I, I wanted, you know, Saquon in the first, or if I had an early pick, Taylor or McCaffrey. Then load up on receivers, pick off a good tight end and quarterback in that sixth, seventh round range, and then hit on, you know, grab two of these guys. Try and get a Rashad Penny with a Miles Sanders as my two and three. And and you know what? Another one just jumped in my mind because I can't believe I forgot this name. He might be the head guy out of these six or seven names, but Antonio Gibson, he's an automatic start going forward, catching the ball in Washington. Um, I don't know how, I guess Robinson will be out until week, maybe week five or six. But until then, Gibson's going to be an automatic start, um, you know, each week uh, for, the, for the commanders. So that's I another don't, guy. I don't even know, like, if until, I mean, like. And maybe, maybe even when he comes back, you're right. That's what I'm saying. Like, we, I mean, you know, he might not be great. Antonio Gibson might just be, like, thriving in this offense. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. uh, and also, I know people are saying he's going to be back in four weeks, but I don't know, man. No, you're right. He still, he still got shot. Yeah. Right? Like, and fine, he missed his kneecap, but it's still like... Maybe he doesn't recover his time. Leg. Yeah, maybe maybe when he gets back in, in week five or six, he's not as productive as he looked in camp. And, and Gibson just has five or, you know, four, five, six really good weeks, just like he did in week one. Uh, you know, and he's, and he's producing. How do you take him off the field? You're not. He's just going to take the job back from Gip right. Robinson and then just run with it. And now you got to steal for where Antonio Gibson fell to the final two weeks of, of draft week of draft. It's not like, and, and like, not like, not that this Brian Robinson coming back story wouldn't be amazing, uh-huh. but it's not like he's uh Frank Gore. You know what I mean? It's not like he's like this legendary yeah. veteran who's had that position. He's a rookie right. who's doing well in camp. Yeah. Maybe it's just a wasted rookie season. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm glad note. you agree. Well, I mean, when we uh, this is why I want to end the show right now is because it's a oh. positive note and there's optimism. And uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens when you hand in your story tomorrow night at midnight. But I'm gonna just try send and, a, I'm gonna send try a headline. And, I'm gonna yeah, no, no, I will not. You can the do whatever you've you gotten want, at me. I think was when I now that it's RuPaul, out there. The, the, what? When what? I put a RuPaul gif at the end of one of your columns that said "sashay away." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were getting a little crazy with your uh, your your gifts last year and stuff. That was fun. I don't think the readers, you know, will listen. Well, now the listeners will know after this show. But you write the headlines and you try to embarrass me or make me sound arrogant. No, I don't. Arrogant. I actually don't. You do, and you no, also I don't make you sound and arrogant. and just so the listeners know, for when they read my article, Nando will write his own lines in there. He'll put in parentheses <laughs> like. <laughs> because I'm the greatest fantasy player of all time. Yeah. You know, like he'll say stuff like that and that'll make me cringe because I'm not that type of person. But he wants to make me sound arrogant. No, that's and, why it's funny. It's because it's so cartoonishly boastful. No, no, it's not you. No, that's not true. Because I mean, well, of course you know it's, it's true. not Come me. On. Like, you know, but you act like, you know, the readers know me personally. They feel, I think they feel like they do. Okay, well, I hope. And they- also, you know, it's, it, it is, I think people could figure out like, You've written the same way for ninety nine percent of the column, <laughs> and then here in these parentheses is you know, old Chrissy here to help you, you know, like something like that, and it's you know, yeah. it obviously doesn't fit, and it's funny because of that. Yeah, well, I'm helping you out, man. I got a lot of I got a lot of Saquon Barkley hate. 
for uh, what I said about him in the uh, last week's article. Yeah, comments. A lot of people, you're crazy. You can't take him at five. That's the dumbest pick. That's you're an expert. But uh, okay. So people used to do that. I hope they come month. back in. I listen. I hope they come back in this week and just say for week one at least. And I'm not saying. Listen, all it was is one good week. That's it. I am not. Um, there's no victory laps here. Just saying. Keep that same energy up. If you're gonna write those, if you're gonna write comments like that. I'm in in the following week the same way I do, and I raise my hand and say I'm wrong, just like I will in the comments, and say, Kadarius Tony, bench him. It was a bad pick by me, and I have a lot of them. But got to be consistent. We're here to help people. That's all we're trying to do. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's, it's about them, not us. <laughs> You're right. But by us doing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we got to go. It's time to go. Uh, I hope that actually, I hope this was helpful. Uh, I think we, I think we had a lot of stuff and look, it's only week one, like, you know, week four or five, we're gonna have a lot more data. We're gonna, we're gonna have a lot more, I guess, uh, strong footing. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, you know, we, I, there is some stuff you can divine from this. Like this is the time to act. Michael Selfino said it like, I, you know, I, I got to play like every day is my last in fantasy basically, you know, there's, you know, there's no, there's no need to hold on or dilly, you know, yeah. let's play with a little aggressiveness here. So. Hopefully that helps. Also, he wrote that in his column. It was, it was a really good column, uh, the Market Share Report okay. on The Athletic. Yes. Anyway, uh, I hope you all had a good time listening to the show. Um, music and lyrics by Chris Vaccaro. Uh, t- texting by Chris Vaccaro. <laughs> this week's headline by Chris Vaccaro. And the, he'll pick out the picture himself. Um, yeah, it's always a pleasure doing a show with you, friend. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always. We will catch we you all here. next week. Thanks to the Welsh for editing, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.